Hello and welcome. This is Suzanne Ricketts with She Is Ministries, and I'll be the host of our podcast. We want to welcome you to She Is Ministries podcast. And just to begin, in case you're wondering just even a little bit about who we are, who is She Is Ministries? We are a women's ministry movement that is passionate about empowering and equipping women to walk right now in the fullness of their daughterhood and to recognize that today you have access to the kingdom keys. And so friends, we just hope that you'll join us, that you will be empowered and equipped as you listen and encouraged as you listen to these podcasts. Uh, we will touch on different things from transformation to hope, to unforgiveness, to borrowed vessels, just all different things within the word of God. So join us on our journey. Hello, this is Suzanne Ricketts with She Is Ministries, and we are so glad that you are joining us today. The word that we're bringing today is she returns. She returns. And I want to begin with a scripture out of Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. The Lord is speaking. He says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. She returns. So just to open up and to begin with what this message is about today, and really not just even the direction of it as, as I began to unpack it, but, but what prompted this message and the Isaiah 55, 11. So just to share with you, a few weeks ago at church service during worship, the uh, the worship, the song that was being played was Elevation song, It Is So, uh, You Have Spoken and It Is So. And so the Lord in the middle of the song just really began to download to me about the first thing he said was the verse out of Isaiah 55, 11, about his word that goes forth from his, his mouth will not return to him void, but it will accomplish what he pleases and it will prosper in the thing for which he sent it. And then he just continued to uh, just impress upon me about his word, about Jesus being his word made flesh and Jesus does not return void. And that when something returns to him, it is not void. And so he just began to just really download a whole long message. And I just actually sat down during worship and wrote down uh, the whole thing of what he downloaded in that time. But I want to, uh, I, I think that there's, and, and as I've been praying through this and just really, he gave me such a message of, uh, we know, right? We know that there are people in the Bible that return. And so, for example, we know that Moses was a returner, right? We know that Moses returned to Egypt uh, to set the captives free. We know that the prodigal son returned home to his father. We know that Jesus returned to his father, and we know that he is coming again, and he will return again, uh, return to us, but also return uh, to to the right hand of his father. And so, I, I and 
the the one that we're going to unpack today is Naomi and the story of Ruth. We're going to unpack Naomi because Naomi was a returner too. And in each one of there, obviously there are more people in the Bible that return than just these few that I, I speak of. But uh, Naomi today, I think there's such a message for it today uh, for us that we need to grab a hold of and hang on to as women of God and uh, and not to run past and not to overlook some things. So um, just to begin, the word void in Hebrew is rekom, and it means emptily, empty-handed, vainly, in an empty condition, in vain or without effect. The word return in Hebrew is shuv, which means return, turn back, go back, to bring back, listen to all these words now, to restore, turn toward, be converted. So uh, as we, uh, and I want you to sit with those two words as we return and void, as we really begin to uh, just unpack what it is, just looking at Naomi today, looking at Naomi as a returner. And so just to set up, and and obviously we could do a deep teach on this, but this is a podcast. So we're going to keep it short and sweet and condensed, uh, the story of Naomi and Ruth. But to set it up and just to begin with, the story opens with there being a famine in Bethlehem, Judah. Naomi's husband, his name Elimelech, and his name means God is king. Naomi's name means my joy or pleasant. You need to hang on to that. So what happens? A famine arises in Bethlehem, Judah. Elimelech, who mean, whose name mean again, don't forget, God is king, gathers his family and moves from the house of bread, Bethlehem, the house of praise and, and praises Judah down to Moab, which is 40 miles away, down by the Dead Sea. So he experiences a little hunger, and he decides to move down in a downward direction. And so before I even go any further, I just don't want us to forget that sometimes we forget that God is our provider, that sometimes we we can't always see the providence of God in situations and we can forget that he's in all places and we get in a hurry and we try to grab things and take a hold of them into our own hands. Even if we might have a name like God is King, we might sometimes try to get ahead and make ourselves put ourselves on that throne, right? Been there and done that. So what he does is he moves downhill with his two sons, Malon and Chilion. And they make the move to a foreign land. Again, I'm not going to unpack this whole thing because it's it's a deep story. And they married to, these two sons married two Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah. And so where we're going to go is we're going to begin in verse 6, chapter 1 of Ruth, which says, okay, what happens is the, the sons die, the husband dies, Elimelech dies in Moab. Then later the two sons die. And Ruth is left with, excuse me, Naomi's left with herself and her two daughter-in-laws, Ruth and Orpah. Verse 6 says, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab. 
She arose to return. Hang on to that. Arose to return. Verse 7 says, at verse 7, to return. Verse 8, go return. Verse 10, we will return with you. Verse 11, turn back. And verse 14, but Ruth clung. Verse 15, gone back. So do you get the impression th- here through the story? This story is about a returner. This is a story about she returns. Naomi returns to the house of bread, to Bethlehem, the house of bread, to the house, to Judah, the house of, to Judah praises. And the story of the return is, yes, the journey is dangerous. Yes, Orpah stays and just Ruth clings. But the story is, I want you to catch in verse 21, Naomi says this, because she has come back and she enters the town and she says that right before verse 21, she says that, don't call me Naomi, my joy, pleasant. Call me Mara, which means bitter. Verse 21, for I went away full and the Lord has brought me back empty. So Naomi returned. So what I want us to look at is, and and even in chapter three, verses 16 and 17, it talks about empty handed. But here we have a woman who who has come to a place where she has left the house of bread. We're gonna, I want to walk through this story and I want you to see today where can you identify with some things in your life? What are some takeaways you can see from, from Naomi's return that can apply to you as well as to touch on the return of Jesus? So Naomi left the house of bread to travel down. Grass is greener. Hey, it sure looks better over there than where I'm at. Anybody? So you leave. You leave where you're called to be to travel somewhere else. Now, did God use it? Absolutely, yes and amen. But leaving somewhere because of what you see, because when Naomi returned, to Bethlehem, Judah, the Lord had brought food to Bethlehem, Judah. There was the, the famine was in Moab as well. And so she gets up and arises and decides to return because she hears that Bethlehem, Judah has food and where she's at has no food. They're still in famine. So she arose to return. And I want to ask you today, when you are, sometimes you're in that place, right? Where you, you have set yourself out before the Lord. You've decided to walk ahead of him and you, you just go ahead and you embark out on something uh, uh, on your own. Do you know when it's time to return? Do you know when it's time to leave? Naomi arose to return or do you just sit because it's comfortable? See, Naomi could have sat. She could have sat there. She had her two daughter-in-laws that they are going to, the most in in the uh, ancient times, they had provision for orphans, I mean, orphans and widows. So while she was not in a great situation by any means, there was going to be 
somewhat of a looking out for her. She wasn't completely desolate with nothing. No, they had no men in terms of a full means of provision. But she was not left with absolutely nothing. And so here she is, and she knows when to return. She arose to return. She didn't stay in the stalemate. She arose. Verse 19 in chapter 1 says that when she returns, verse 19 says, the whole town stirred. The whole town stirred. Isn't that interesting? Don't you find that interesting? I think it's interesting that when a woman who has left returns, that the whole town stirs. See, my question to you today is, what do you carry? What do you carry? What is the anointing that you carry? Because Naomi comes in and the whole town stirs. Let that soak on you for a minute. The whole town stirs. Because the reality is, what do you carry? See, Naomi, what kind of woman was Naomi? Naomi is a woman, friends, that has two daughter-in-laws that are from Moab. They've grown up as Moabites. And they are willing. They are willing. Young women that could go and remarry, that could find, go back to their parents' house, go back to their mother's house, and find provision and care there, possibly with the opportunity to marry again. But Naomi is such a woman that, to begin with, Orpah and Ruth cling to her. They they are going to consider leaving their homeland, leaving their family, and journey with this woman uphill through the mountains, 40 miles, grab a hold of that, and... Friends, this is these are women. This is a journey on foot, and there are robbers, there are marauders. There, there is every opportunity for them not to make it. And yet, she comes back into town, and the whole town starts. What kind of woman does she have to be that these two young women even consider leaving their families to journey with this woman to a foreign land for them? So, Orpah begins and then, ah, she decides to return to the home of her family. But Ruth clings. And Ruth makes the journey back. What that the, and and so that when Naomi, what a woman, enters the town, the whole town stirs. Maybe out of, oh my gosh, can you believe she came back? Can you believe she made it? Who is this she brought with her? But enough of a woman that everyone noticed her return. The next thing I want to catch on. She left full and thought she returned empty-handed. Anybody ever done that? Have you ever gone somewhere? You left a place And then upon your return, you thought, oh my goodness, 
I just have absolutely nothing. I am bitter. I'm, I'm returning empty handed. Why on earth? Why did God do this to me? I'm returning empty handed. And Naomi even speaks this, that her vision, even though she is this woman that is such a mentor and is such a, an incredible woman, she still misses the fact that she thinks that she's returned and she left full and she thinks her vision shows her that she has returned empty-handed even though her daughter-in-law, even though Ruth has clung to her. She has not returned empty-handed. She has returned with more than she can possibly conceive of in this moment. When you return, when you return where you began, you will receive more than you expected. She returns. She returns. She thinks she is, she is bitter. She thinks she is empty. But what she receives is more than she ex- expects. God redeems and restores all she lost and more. Don't forget, His Word does not return void. It does not return empty. So when Naomi returns, she does not return empty. When Moses, as I spoke of before, as a returner, when Moses returned to Egypt, friends, he did not return empty-handed. He had a rod in his hand. In fact, he was making all kinds of bargains with God of, hey, send someone else. I can't do this. And God said, what is in your hand? And he said, a rod. So he doesn't return empty-handed. When the prodigal son returns home to his father, it appears by all appearances that he comes in empty-handed and he returns empty. He returns empty of himself, but friends, he is full. He is full of a repentant, uh, just a humble, repentant heart, contrite heart. He is full. And upon his return, what he receives again is redemption and restoration, more than he ever lost to begin with. The fatted calf is killed. The ring is placed upon his hand. The sandals on his feet. The feast set before him. The the hugs and kisses from his father. The celebration. So I want today to close out with thinking about Jesus. We know that Jesus is the Word made flesh. We know that God loved us so much that He spoke. That He spoke and what He speaks comes to pass. As he speaks it, it is so. He loved us so much, friends, enough to speak even though he knew. He knew ahead of time that that our sin, uh, everything that would happen, and that Jesus would have to come as the propitiation for our sins. And God knew and still he spoke. Did Jesus, as the word accomplish what he was sent to do and did he prosper in it yes 
He departed from his father, nailed to the cross, became sin, a true departing. And yet he did not return empty and void. He defeated death, hell, and the grave, took the keys to hell, set the captives free, arose, arose to return, right? And returned to his father. And there's more. That's just the first return. We're assured in scripture that he will return again. And friends, it will not be void. Matthew 26, 64 tells us, Jesus said to him, as I said, it is as you said. Nevertheless, this is when he's being tried before the high priest and the elders. Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power, coming on the clouds of heaven. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will arise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together, which also means seized, with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Hallelujah. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. How good is that? And there's so many more. 1 Corinthians 50, 15, 52, Revelation 1, 7. So many more verses. We know that Jesus did what he was called to do. He accomplished what he was called to accomplish, what he was sent to accomplish. We know that he endured the cross, despising its shame, all for the joy set before him. When he hung upon the cross, he was stabbed in the void. The, another word for void is the place between the hip and the lowest rib in the void. He did not return void, but he bled out, sacrificed it all. Friends, he went and fought battles that we could not see. He won victories that we received the taste and the spoils. He did not return empty, void, or empty-handed. And when he comes again on the clouds, he will not he will return for us, and it will not be an empty-handed return, as we will be caught up in the clouds with Him. So what I want to ask you today is that we looked really quick at Naomi's life and about what she carries, about returning to where you're called from, not always seeing the grass as greener somewhere else, when you recognize that you're in a place that you need to arise and return to where you came from and not stay and, and stay comfortable or become stagnant, will you arise and return? And I want to ask you today, what are you ordained and set apart to accomplish right now? that God has placed you today in this particular time, in this particular space of eternity. There's going to be plenty of persecution in the calling, friend. You can't shrink back. Look at the life of Jesus. There's death to the flesh in the calling, yes. But in the arise, oh friend, there is new birth and there is victory. In the arise, there is taking back ground from the kingdom of darkness. You are called. You are set apart and ordained for such a thing. And upon your return, upon your return, when you stand before the Father, when you return, 
and stand with him and are caught up in the clouds and then you stand before him, I want to ask you today, who will come with you? Will you return empty-handed? His word does not return void. Jesus did not return void. Naomi did not return void. Moses did not return void, empty-handed. The prodigal son did not return empty-handed. He came back with a full heart. Who will you take with you upon the return, friends? The Lord is speaking to us today. We have to arise. We have to open our eyes and walk in what it is we are set apart to do. We have to recognize the lies that when the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, that when he comes to steal your purpose and give you lies as who you are as a daughter, when he comes to kill your passion, your your passion and your calling, and when he comes to destroy the destiny and what God has placed in you, with the lies, you have to recognize it and you have to arise. And you have to say, I will not return to my father void, but I will stand up and arise and declare the kingdom of God today, here and now. Naomi returned full and was and received a redemption and a restoring more than she ever knew was coming. She is the grandmother. Ruth was the one that birthed the father of David. Ruth, Ruth and Boaz birthed the father of David. What a blessing. What a legacy. Friends, what is your legacy? What are you set apart for this particular space and time of eternity today to do? If Naomi can return and she doesn't return empty-handed, friends, open your eyes and let us not return. Let us let us accomplish what it is we have been purposed to accomplish on this earth today and let us prosper in it. In the name of Jesus, be blessed. Have a blessed day. And that's all, folks. Subscribe and stay tuned. We have more stuff coming.